Your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Cubans march for freedom while the Biden administration sends refugees back. What's going on there? Why aren't we helping the Cubans more? That's the question on my mind. We're going to have a conversation about what's going on in Cuba. Why are the people protesting, rallying, demonstrating, asking for freedom, begging for freedom, while their government continues to suppress all of that their internet's been cut off why haven't we after the fcc has approved it why haven't we provided internet access to the people of cuba in order for them to get their message out two weeks after the fact of uh, president biden saying that he would look into it why has that not happened all those questions are on the table during our guest segment tfp's james bascom is going to be on to talk about what's going on in cuba that's coming up Also, there is an alleged letter circulating around the Internet coming out of the Archdiocese of New York, uh, seeming to suggest that they have asked every priest to not give a religious exemption to the COVID-19 vaccinations, to not give any religious uh, exemptions to that. Why would the church not want to uh, help the parishioners with their with their religious exemptions. I'm curious about that. So we're going to look at that letter, plus several other stories breaking in the news today. Uh, there was a, a, a vessel struck by an Iranian drone, allegedly, and the USS Ronald Reagan was dispatched to uh, to assist. There is a, an Israeli connection to that vessel. We may look into that. But did you know that Cardinal Betchi is on trial right now? He is. Uh, it's true. So there's even more news coming out of the Vatican about their financial scandal. All that plus thousands of people demonstrate all over Europe uh, against COVID-19 vaccination uh, mandates, uh, passes, lockdowns, and so much more. Many, many cities across Europe, uh, the people are gathering and demonstrating. We can dive into all of those stories in the What's Concerning Us. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Praise be to God. I hear you've issued a plenary indulgence opportunity for today. Uh, well, I did not issue it. The Catholic Church did. Uh, allegedly, you are <laughs> completely responsible for all of this. <laughs> well, we learned from this morning from Anna in the studio Um that today you can receive an Assisi plenary indulgence. So for those who do not know, an indulgence is the remission of the temporal punishments due to sins which have already been forgiven, and it can be plenary or partial. And this particular plenary indulgence requires that individuals be in the state of grace by the completion of the acts and have a complete detachment from sins. The person must also sacramentally confess their sins and receive communion up to about 20 days before or after the indulged act. So you can receive this by anyone who visits a Catholic church with the intention of honoring Our Lady of the Angels by reciting the Creed, the Our Father, and praise for the Pope's intentions. You can receive a plenary indulgence today, August the 2nd. Wow. 
Well, all right. Praise be to God. Now, I'm sure Adrian Fonseca doesn't have to go because he gets it by default, I think. Good morning to you, Adrian. Well, see, I don't need an indulgence because I'm already perfect, right? Yeah, Yeah, I got the memo. I got the memo. Exactly. Makes a lot of Mm -hmm. sense. (laughs) Yeah. No need to fact check. Uh, Just go with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, How was your weekend, by the way? It was excellent. It was excellent. I actually was with Mr. James Bascom this weekend. He's going to be on via, via phone because he's at a campsite uh, with uh, not great internet access, but it's uh, they're having a huge uh, boys camp. There was over 60 uh, young men from across the U.S. Uh, there for a summer camp call to chivalry camp with the TFP, and they're teaching them about communism and uh, battling against the revolution. They're having sword fights <laughs> and the like. It's pretty awesome. I was there for the weekend and helped with their campaign uh, to free Cuba on Saturday. They had tons of support. Uh, Cubans that were imprisoned for six years showed up and were like, wow. thank you so much for being out there. So it was pretty amazing. Wow. Wow. Praise be to God. So uh, Mr. James Baskin is going to be our guest to talk about Cuba in the uh, guest segment at 35 past the hour. 15 past the hour, we'll do a What's Concerning Us. I want to dive in re- into and read to you at least a portion, if not all, of the letter, the alleged letter coming out of the Archdiocese of New York and uh, and so much more. So lots to get into in this first hour. In the second hour, we will play our Fear and Trembling Game Show. We have a new prize sponsor this week. We have Motherboards. Where were these people when I was uh, 13, 14 years old? And I was big into skateboarding. Motherboards. Beautiful uh, uh, artwork. Uh, of Our Lady and other designs. I think they have a, a St. Michael skateboard. Uh, pretty cool sponsor. We'll tell you all about that in the next hour. But let's dive into it. Let's pray for your intentions for the conversion of sinners everywhere, for uh, uh, an end to communism and freedom for humanity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janelle A. Today is Monday, August the 2nd, reported by Reuters. Belarus athlete enters Poland's embassy in Tokyo after refusing to return home. A Belarusian athlete walked into a Polish embassy on Monday, a day after refusing to board a flight at a Tokyo airport that she said was taken to against her by against her wishes by her team. Krystyna Szymanowska, 24, would seek asylum in Poland, said a member of the local Belarus community who was in touch with her. Polish consular officials did not respond to requests for confirmation or comment. Earlier, a Polish foreign ministry official wrote on Twitter that Simonskaya has been offered a humanitarian visa and is free to pursue her sporting career in Poland if she chooses. The sprinter pulled up in front of the embassy in an unmarked silver van about 5 p.m. local time. She stepped out with her official team luggage and then greeted two officials before entering the premises. One woman, one was carrying the white and red flag considered the symbol of opposition in Belarus, came to the gates to support her. In a brewing diplomatic incident on the sidelines of the Olympics, Simanskaya's refusal to board the plane, first reported by Reuters, has thrown a harsh spotlight on the discord in Belarus, a former Soviet state that is run with a tight grip by President Alexander Lukashenko. 
The sprinter, who was due to compete in the women's 200-meter heats on Monday, had her games cut short when she was taken to the airport to board a Turkish Airlines flight. She told a Reuters reporter via Telegram that the Belarusian head coach had turned up to her room on Sunday at the athlete's village and told her that she had to leave. The head coach came over to me and said that there had been an order from above to remove me, she wrote in the message. At 5 p.m., they came to my room and told me to pack and took me to the airport. But she refused to board the flight, telling Reuters, I will not return to Belarus. And here's another article from Reuters. IOC looking into gesture by Saunders, Belarusian sprinter enters Polish embassy. Political tension played out around a Belarusian sprinter at the Tokyo Games on Monday, while organizers said they were looking into a gesture by U.S. shot putter Raven Saunders, a potential breach of rules banning protests on metal podiums. The International Olympic Committee is looking into the gesture Saunders made after the shot put silver medalist raised her arms in an X above her head on Sunday. Saunders later said the gesture was intended as a sign of support for the downtrodden. The IOC forbids overt political expression or interference, but last month relaxed its Rule 50 that prevents athletes from any protest to allow gestures on the field, provided athletes do so without disruption and without and with respect for fellow competitors. However, the threat of sanctions remain if any protests are made on the podium during the medal ceremony. Let them try and take this medal, Saunders said in a late-night post on social media in an apparent reference to the IOC's rules restricting protests. I'm Janelle and those are your headline news for Monday, August the 2nd. God love you. The saint of the day is Pope St. Stephen I. He was born in the late 2nd century. That makes him one of the first popes. He was the son of Jovius, and little else is known about his early life. He became an archdeacon under Pope Lucius I and was elected the 23rd pope in 254. Uh, And he explicitly proclaimed the primacy of the Diocese of Rome in matters of theology. He is the current, and in the current understanding of Christ's statement to St. Peter, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He, could them, he condemned the Carthaginian, Carthaginian uh, practice of re-baptizing heretics and accepted baptism performed by heretics when the convert had acted in good faith. He corrected St. Cyprian's thinking on the matter. He ordered that there be special clothing for use in liturgy, like our modern-day vestments, and had, had that priests do not conduct mass in street clothes and not wear their vestments into the streets. Often listed as a martyr in old records, but modern scholarship hasn't found evidence that he was a martyr. He died on the 2nd of August, 257, allegedly of natural causes, and he was buried in the papal crypt of Callistus in the Appian Way. Pope St. Stephen I, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist... He withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already late. Dismiss the crowds so they can go to the villages and buy some food for themselves. He said to them, There is no need for them to go away. 
Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Five loaves and two fish are all we have here. Then he said, Bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up the fragments left over, twelve wicker baskets full. Those who ate were but five thousand men, not counting women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, I think we need about another hour just to uh, dive into this passage. Uh, there's so much going on here. There is references to the uh, Holy Eucharist that's coming. There are incredible miracles that are uh, taking place. There's just so much to be said. Um, St. Chrysostom said, none out of the crowd approached him, meaning the people, both because they stood in great awe of him and because in their zeal of love, they did not feel their hunger. In other words, we never point this point out. Uh, the entire day into the evening, uh, these people do not complain being out into the desert, out into the wilderness, away from a town, not having any food to eat. St. Chrysostom points out they didn't cry or grumble or complain, unlike the Israelites in the wilderness, who that's all they ever did, it seemed, to cry, grumble, complain about their food, about their water, their living conditions, and uh, and uh, Moses was always having to intercede for them, and still they received the miracle from uh, the bread come down from heaven. And here our Lord is with these people, they aren't complaining. St. Jerome says, wherein he calls the apostles to breaking of bread, that the greatness of the miracle might be more evident by their testimony that they had none. Now, there are great references here to the Holy Eucharist. Uh, this is uh, also a nod back to uh, what took place in 2 Kings chapter 4, another miracle of the multiplication of food, uh, feeding the masses. I mean, there's just so much going on here. But I got to tell you, I love the fact that our Lord intentionally uses the apostles in an intermediary role. He he does the miracle working, but it's the apostles who are in between the people and our Lord. And we see this repeatedly in Matthew's gospel so far. We've been going through this. Jesus taught the apostles the key to interpret the parables. Jesus uses them to feed the crowds. Jesus sends them to announce the kingdom to the towns that he will go to. Jesus breathes upon them and tells them to go and do as he did. Jesus gives them the authority to hear confessions, to cast out demons to heal the sick, to bind and to loose. Jesus tells them to go and make disciples of all nations. Let's pray for the successors to the apostles, that they will be faithful to our Lord's command to go and make disciples of all nations. Let's pray. We'll be right back. We've got a great What's Concerning Us segment coming up. Don't go anywhere. Captain drive down and send it your way. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. 
Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It is good to be back on with you this week. We're going to have a great lineup. We're looking forward to all the conversations we will be having. Uh, coming up at 35 past this hour today, we're going to be talking about Cuba, what's going on there, why the people are marching, what it all means. James Bascom from TFP is going to be on with us to talk about that. Why isn't the current administration doing more to help the people obtain their freedom down there. What are the contributing factors? What could we do? Uh, that's all going to be a part of the conversation coming up at 35 past the hour. There are uh, a lot of uh, headlines I, I could jump into. Let me start here. This one I felt was very concerning. This, uh, I'm going to share with you, an alleged letter coming out of the Archdiocese of New York. I, I discovered this through Bree Dale. She posted a picture of this particular letter on her Twitter feed over the weekend, and this is what her tweet said along with this. She says, New York, I have reached out to the New York Archdiocese to verify if a memo circulating on social media signed by J.P. Cahilser, I'm not sure who that is, um, John P. Cahill, I guess, is authentic and approved by Cardinal Dolan. This letter is instructing Catholic priests not to issue religious exemptions for vaccines. Now, from the looks of it, uh, I went through the comments on this, and I don't see anywhere where Bree has updated to say that she's heard back from the Archdiocese. So, so far, uh, we've not uh, seen a confirmation that this is a legitimate letter, but it certainly looks like it. But again, it's alleged. Uh, Arch, it's on, uh, says, Archdiocese of New York, memorandum to pastors, administrators, parochial vicars from John P. Cahill. Dated July 30th, 2021, subject, religious exemption from COVID-19 mandates. Here's what the article says, or the, the, memo, the memo. We officially hear from Catholics who have a sincere moral objection to the COVID-19 vaccines due to their connection to abortion. This concern is particularly acute among people who are strongly pro-life and very loyal to the teaching of the faith. It is a serious issue for some people who often seek guidance and support from the church. His Eminence has requested that clarity be provided to assist our priests in response to requests of this nature which they are receiving. Pope Francis has made it very clear that it is morally acceptable to take any of the vaccines and said we have the moral responsibility to get vaccinated. Cardinal Dolan has said the same. There is no basis for a priest to issue a religious exemption to the vaccine. By doing so, he is acting in contradiction to the directives of the Pope and is participating in an act 
that could have serious consequences to others. Imagine a student receiving a religious exemption, contracting the virus and spreading it throughout the campus. Clearly, this would be an embarrassment to the archdiocese. Some even argue that it might impose personal liability on the priest. Any individual is free to exercise discretion on getting the vaccine based upon his or her own beliefs without seeking the inaccurate portrayal of church instructions. Our priests should not be active participants to such actions. Um, unquote. Now, I'm very concerned about this. This, to me, is, is very concerning. If, in fact, this turns out to be an actual document produced by the Archdiocese of New York and circulated among its priests, this would be very concerning. I don't know that it's true or not. I have no idea. But if it is, I'm very concerned. We just we had a guest on last week. What was it, Friday, Adrian? We had Christopher Ferrara on. Yes, sir. Friday. So Christopher Ferrara from the Thomas More Society. Have we posted that video to our YouTube channel yet? Not yet. That'll be out this afternoon yeah, or this so, evening. Great conversation uh, with Christopher Ferrara. He's an attorney with uh, Thomas More Society. And we discussed the, this very subject, in fact, on what can Catholics do in a circumstance where their employer requires them, mandates that they have to have a vaccination as a prerequisite for employment. And over the weekend, I did hear from a listener who watched and listened to the show on Friday and was so grateful that we had Mr. Farrar on because her husband is going through this right now. And one of the questions we discussed with Mr. Ferrara was, uh, what do Catholics do, especially in light of the fact that uh, His Holiness Pope Francis is mandating vaccinations, if I'm not mistaken, in the Vatican among the uh, the employees there, has obviously, as this uh, this memorandum, this alleged memorandum out of the Archdiocese of, uh, of New York uh, makes clear, that doesn't seem to have any issues with, or has, has said it's okay to take the vaccinations at least. What do Catholics do then? How could we possibly say we have a religious exemption if the the uh, the vicar of Christ on earth says otherwise, let alone our bishop, our priests, or, or what have you. That is incredibly concerning. But Mr. Farrar made it very clear. A sincerely held religious exemption, a religious belief, uh, is, does not, is not dependent upon the leadership of a particular denomination. Now listen, hear me carefully. I'm not trying to equate the Catholic Church with, with other Christian, you know, uh, denominations. I'm not doing that. I'm simply making the point. Mr. Farrar makes it clear. A religious exemption is not dependent upon what the Pope says or doesn't say in this particular case, as far as the law is concerned. Uh, but it, it's even more concerning that they can't seem to find a way, they being, if this document is true, if this memorandum is in fact true, they, they can't seem to find a way uh, to see how Catholics, faithful Catholics, not Catholics that are wanting division, not Catholics that are wanting schisms or confrontations, but Catholics that are just want to be Catholic, that might be bugged, might be bothered, might have issues, might have a religious exemption, a conscience that they don't want to be forced to do these things, especially given the fact that over 99% of people who contract COVID seem to survive it. Do they bring up the same issues with the flu? No, we've never heard. We've never heard of uh, of religious exemptions being forbidden for people who don't want to get the flu vaccine, for instance. So why this? What's going on there? 
I don't know. I pray this document isn't true. I fear, however, that it is, in fact, true. And this is something the Archdiocese have sent out. If, in fact, we get a uh, confirmation uh, through Bree or otherwise, we will, we will let you know. Uh, but uh, pray for this. It's very, very concerning. Uh, here's another story. It was somewhat related, and this is out of Epic Times. Uh, the headline goes like this. Our freedom is in danger. Protests erupt across Europe over COVID-19 mandates. I mean, this is now uh, several weeks along. Thousands of people are gathering across cities in Europe. Uh, Paris, Berlin, Rome, even in Switzerland and beyond. Thousands and thousands of people are, are gathering because they are done. They are tired of mandates. They are tired of uh, vaccine pass discussions, and they want freedom. Freedom is a common uh, call these days. We're seeing it in Cuba. Again, we'll talk about that here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, and now freedom from these draconian measures. Let's just say thousands of people, the article says, in France demonstrated against special health pass and marched through Paris and other French cities on July 31st, with most of the protest being peaceful with a few sporadic clashes. Some 3,000 security forces deployed around Paris for the third weekend of protests against the pass, which I think passed their parliament, which will be required soon to enter restaurants and other places. The so-called health pass system likened to vaccine passports was passed in the French parliament last week with the law going into effect August the 9th. Meanwhile, a court in Berlin declared over the weekend that anti-lockdown protests were illegal. You're not allowed to protest the lockdowns, huh? Uh, leading to the arrest of demonstrators. According to a, um, a DW report, judges in the capital's administrative court refused to authorize 13 demonstrations that were organized by anti-lockdown group. Organizers said that 22,500 people registered to partake in the protests. Video footage and photos uploaded to Twitter showed that uh, the apparent anti-lockdown protests were being arrested uh, or corralled by officers on July 31st. A planned march for August the 1st was also banned by the court, according to the DW. Now, I know Bree also on her on her Twitter feed uh, is posted pictures of some of the uh, protests and some video going on in in Italy, where she lives. She lives in Rome. They're fed up. They don't want lockdowns. The people don't want to be forced into taking the vaccinations, especially, as I said, for a virus that seems to uh, only uh, be very serious for a, a super small percentage of humanity. So very concerning case. Again, protests all across Europe. And this article over on Epic Times makes it very clear that it's a significant amount of people. We're not talking uh, small numbers here. Here's another story uh, coming out of the BBC. I saw this story reported last week on several outlets as well, uh, but we never had time to get into it. And so when I saw this headline this morning, I thought I'd bring it up. Vatican's Cardinal Becciu on trial in $412 million fraud case. A Roman Catholic cardinal who was once a close ally of Pope Francis has gone on trial in the Vatican, accused of misusing church funds in a ruinous London property venture. Cardinal Angelo Becciu, I think he's no longer a cardinal, by the way, uh, 73, is the most senior cleric in modern times to face trial for alleged financial crimes, the article says. He is charged with spending 350 million euros 
of church money on a botched deal to buy property in Chelsea that incurred a huge loss. He denies wrongdoing. Cardinal Becci was sacked by the Pope in September as reports of financial misdeeds emerged. A two-year investigation exposed how the Vatican lost millions of euros, including donations from worshipers, after buying a a former uh, Herod's warehouse in Salone Avenue in Chelsea in 2014. The Cardinal was formally in charge of donations at the Secretariat, which handles Vatican funds. I'm curious, uh, including some... um, some money from churchgoers? I, where does the Vatican get money if it's not from the faithful? And that should be concerning, should it not? If the Vatican has revenue streams outside of the faithful providing for the need, where are those streams? What are their sources? What, are the, what deals are being uh, hatched in that? That should be a part of this conversation to talk about financial crisis. I mean... I think the message of the people is falling on deaf ears. It's kind of like going back to the Europe, the European uh, marches here. The people march, they cry for freedom, and they're told to go home, stay home, to lock down. The people's voice is not being heard. And I would say the same thing in the church. The faithful are kind of sick and tired. Not kind of. They actually are sick and tired of scandal. They're sick and tired of fraud. They're sick and tired of uh, abuses sexual and otherwise, they are ready for the hierarchy, for the faithful, for the, for the uh, uh, clergy to, to demonstrate their mad, incredible love for Jesus Christ and for his church and for the tradition and patrimony of the church, for the mission to save souls, to make disciples of all nations. They are ready for that. They are eager for it. And yet, no matter how loud we cry, It seems like it's falling on deaf ears. Let us pray. Let us pray for the church, for the Pope, the cardinals, bishops, priests, and deacons. Let's pray for their faithfulness to Christ and to the church to put an end to this darkness. Amen? We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have uh, breaking news and stories with Janelle Lay, and then uh, we're going to have a conversation on Cuba. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, all religions believe basically the same thing? They only differ in their external forms, in the way they express it. G.K. Chesterton says the truth is precisely the other way around. The religions of the world do not differ greatly in rites and forms. They do differ greatly in what they teach. In most every religion, people pray, they sing, they read sacred texts, they honor their traditions, they have special feasts, they light candles and so on. But they don't teach the same things. They don't believe the same things. There's only one religion that believes that Christ is the Son of God, that he suffered and died for our sins and that he rose from the dead. Only one religion believes in one holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lei, and here are your headline news. Death toll from flooding in China's Henan province rises to 302. Then the, the death toll in Turkey wildfires rises to 8. Coastal resorts affected. 10 people shot in New York City in alleged gang attack. Millions of Chinese again in lockdown as economic recovery takes its toll. New Zealand housing crisis sparks human rights inquiry. Afghan president blames worsening security situation on sudden U.S. pullout. Madagascar makes 21 further arrests over suspected coup plot. Myanmar military leader declares himself prime minister and promises elections in 2023. Taliban pushed closer to front lines of two major Afghanistan cities. Nearly 400 migrants pulled off overcrowded wooden boat near Tunisia. Philippines president orders police to make unvaccinated people stay inside. Beyond the pandemic, osteoporosis, another major health threat to older Americans, looms. The CDC says 397 children suffered heart inflammation after COVID-19 vaccine. The mRNA vaccine inventor says COVID-19 vaccines may make virus more dangerous. And Sky News Australia suspended by YouTube. Here's an article from LifeSite News. Information security expert reveals Pfizer COVID jab contracts. There's a good reason Pfizer fought to hide the details. Unredacted contracts for the experimental biological agent known as the COVID-19 vaccine between the Pfizer Corporation and various governments continue to be revealed. Information security expert Eden Bieber told America's frontline doctors, Frontline News, that the first document to recently emerge was discovered by Albanian newspaper Gogo.al. Bieber then was able to locate the digitally signed Brazilian contract and at least two others, one with the European Commission and the other with the Dominican Republic. As you are about to see, there is a good reason why Pfizer was fighting to hide the details of these contracts. First, Bieber said, let's talk about the product. The agreement not only covers manufacturing of vaccines for COVID-19 and its mutations, but also for any device, technology or product used in the administration or of to enhance the use or effect of such vaccine. If you were wondering why ivermectin was suppressed, it is because the agreement that countries had with Pfizer does not allow them to escape their contract, which states that even if a drug will be found to treat COVID-19, the contract cannot be voided. Supplying the product, Pfizer shall have no liability for its failure to deliver doses in accordance with any estimated delivery dates, nor shall any failure such purchaser any right to cancel orders for any quantities of product. You can't return the product no matter what he observed. Pfizer will not in any circumstances accept any returns of product or any dose. No product returns may take place under any circumstances. The state must defend Pfizer, noted Viber. Pfizer shall notify purchaser of losses for which it is seeking indemnification. Upon such notification, purchaser shall promptly assume conduct and control of the defense of such indemnified claims on behalf of Pfizer. Biber explained how he came across the contract and thus revealed it to the world. I first stumbled upon a document called Contranten y Ploté, which, which translates to read the full contract. Only later, he discovered that it was an Albanian website that had published it on January 2021. They deserve all the credit for the leakage of the document, and journalists around the world deserve the shame for not discovering and reporting it. <laughs> 
The contract is actually worse than it seems, observed Viber. You could read more on LifeSite News. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Monday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. You know, while thousands of immigrants pour across the southern border, many of whom have COVID still coming across the border, uh, the Texas governor, he he blocked the ground transportation of these illegal immigrants. The federal government sued or is pressing him to uh, reverse that ruling. All while that's going on, Border Patrol agents got coming down with COVID as a, re- as a result to their con- uh, contact with these, with these immigrants. All of that's going on. All the while, the current administration sends back 27 Cubans in a makeshift raft trying to make their way to America for freedom. They turn them around and send them back to the communist government. Here's a real quick quote on this uh, from this article that I found over on uh, Breitbart News about this. It says the time quote. This is quote. The time is never right to attempt migration by sea. To those who risk their lives doing so, the risk is not worth taking, according to Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. He warned shortly after the July 11th anti-communist protest. He says, quote, allow me to be clear. If you take to the sea, you will not come to the United States, unquote. Let that sink in for a moment. Joining us right now, joining us to discuss the Cuban situation uh, and what is going on there is uh, Tradition Family Properties' James Bascom. Good morning to you, Mr. Bascom. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, praise be to God. It's good to have you back on. We had you on a couple weeks back to talk about the environment, the revolution and the environment. But let's talk about Cuba. Do you, can you give us an update on what is the current status in this, uh, this uh, shouting for freedom, this desire for the people to have freedom there? Yes. Uh, basically, for 62 years, the Cuban people um, have been suffering under a terrible communist regime there, uh, right under the nose, almost literally, of the United States of America. Um, over 100,000 Cubans have died as a result of the communist regime. About two-thirds of those have died uh, drowning at sea, and the rest have directly been killed, executed, or killed because of the policies of the communist regime, the Castroite, um, the Fidel and Fidel and Raul Castro's regime in Cuba. And it's completely... Uh, unacceptable for this to be happening so close to the United States. And for the longest time, there were there were protests here in the United States. There were anti-communist organizations that have opposed it. But um, over the last few months, there have been massive protests across the island of Cuba against the regime, demanding freedom, demanding freedom from dictatorship, from communist dictatorship, um, which has inspired uh, the Cuban-Americans in the United States to protest and for uh, anti-communist Americans to see the how outrageous it is that we have tolerated this regime for so long. And it's really inspired a lot of groups to do something. And our group, Tradition Family Property, which has a long history of opposing communism in um, the United States and across the world, um, has started a petition and a campaign to call for the United States government to do something concrete to to finish once and for all with this this communist regime in Cuba. Mr. James Bascom, uh, this is Adrian. I was wondering, you know, often people will say, oh, well, you know, petitions. I don't want to sign a petition. I'm just going to get put on an email list and it doesn't actually do anything. So what do you, how do you say, what's the point of signing a petition? No, petitions do work. We have a long history of successfully fighting against 
socialist policies and so forth with petitions, they do work. You know, the the left knows that, and uh, they they get they they certainly know that themselves. And so we we're collecting online petition at our website tfb.org/slash/freecuba. That's T is in tradition, family F is in family, P is in property. dot org slash free Cuba, um, and we already have over fifty six thousand signatures, and our goal is a hundred thousand signatures to demand action from the United States government um, against Cuba. You know, it's interesting how there's such a hypocrisy about illegal immigration, right? We have there's no illegal immigrant that comes across the the southern border, the land border that. Joe Biden and the Democrats uh, don't like, right? They they love as many as possible, right? But why is it that they want to turn back and 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 in, the, and in fact send back Cuban refugees who are truly refugees fleeing from communism, from death, and from prison? Why are they turned back? Why does the left dislike that? Because Cuba has a special place in the heart of the left, and that's the deeper reason why we're calling for the downfall of the regime in Cuba and um, because Cuba is, is a spe- has a special place and uh, it, it it's, it's provides kind of a uh, enthusiasm and, and, and a model even for the international left. They love Cuba, always have loved communist Cuba and look to Cuba almost as a beacon of hope, if you will, for the left. Bernie Sanders, AOC, liberation theologians across Latin America and the United States and the world look to Cuba as kind of a model. And so this is our chance to smash this horrible system and this 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 uh, this model for mm. the international left. I don't know how much of a model it would actually be. They have to import some 70% of their food into the onto the island. Uh, because they are incapable of producing it for themselves. Um, and the argument goes, well, you know, the Americans uh, p- have these sanctions against the island that not only sanctions Cuba, but it sanctions other countries that do business in Cuba as well. Obama uh, went, went lenient on that. Trump reinforced it. We're not sure where Biden is on all this, but we do know this. Um, in uh, in Iran, in Egypt, and in other parts of our world, when the people rised up, big tech came to help. They came to help provide internet access and whatever. Two weeks ago, it was asked of the Biden administration whether or not they would provide such assistance to the people of Cuba and their effort because the Cuban government... Uh, locked down the internet using uh, China uh, as a, an ally in the effort to put a big, you know, uh, roadblock to internet access to the people. The FCC has apparently approved the effort to help the Cubans, and still the Biden administration hasn't moved on that. I want to talk about that, plus uh, sort of the the the, uh, the virus of communism spreading and what happened to America that used to oppose that to spread freedom. All of that coming up after this very short break. James Bascom is our guest from TFP. Cuba's freedom is at stake. The people are speaking up, but are we listening? That's the question. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Does hope give light to your day? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At the end of the long list of good works and his rule, St. Benedict finally gives the most important one. Never lose hope in God's mercy. Hope means that we bring the future, where Jesus already reigns as risen Lord and Savior, into the trials, fears, and discouragements of everyday life. 
Hope allows us to give a gentle reply to an angry outburst, to remain calm in the face of disappointments, to continue doing what we know we are supposed to do, even when the outcome seems fruitless. Hope allows us to turn over the results of our efforts to God, who will bring them to the completion He wills. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com There are many places where the light of Jesus' resurrection does not shine. There is no place where it cannot shine in hope. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. Uh, TFP's James Bascom is our guest. We're talking about Cuba and freedom. And I'm not sure if you knew this, but uh, I, I was listening to Brendan Carr, an FCC commissioner, talk about our capability to provide internet access, if nothing else, to people like the Cubans who are rising up, demanding their freedom from a communist government. Uh, where we have done this before in Africa, Iran, and other places. Egypt, for instance. Google, for example, has a technology where they can put uh, balloons up way above where airplanes fly, 60, 70,000 feet up in the sky, and hover them essentially above a country to provide Internet access. Like It's possible. The FCC has approved this, but the Biden administration has been dragging its feet for two weeks now, taking no action. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Bascom. Thank you. Thank you very much. It seems like uh, the days are gone when we would openly oppose communism and spread freedom everywhere. Why do you think that's the case? Or do you believe that's the case? And if so, why? Yeah, I think after, after the end of the Cold War, there was this complacency that kind of settled in. And, uh, you know, state-sponsored communism was uh, falsely thought to have disappeared, and it never did. It continued in China, continued in North Korea, Vietnam, Cuba, and uh, it's it's something that uh, people thought that communism died. It never died. It actually continued to evolve, and its fruits are critical race theory, um, the uh, the whole LGBT revolution, which is all fruit of socialism and communism, the hatred of the traditional family, and so forth. And so uh, this, the situation in Cuba, the, the, the role that Cuba plays in, in, in the communist world, in, the, le- in the, the whole global left, is very, very important. And it, it is a, this is a golden opportunity for those who oppose communism to basically smash the head of the serpent here in the Americas, which is Cuba. And, and I, and it's, it's, it's really, it's really very important because I would say that there are more and more Americans. The left is radicalizing very quickly as, as everyone can see. Right. And they're even becoming explicitly in favor of socialism or even communism. Um, but the right is becoming more and more radical as well. And this is a golden opportunity to deal a mortal blow to show the evil of socialism and communism as it's practiced in the real world and to 
And if we can do away with the communist regime in Cuba once and for all, um, that would deal a mortal blow to the left in the United States. There would be a lot of a lot of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth among the left if Cuba were to fall. And um, that, it, it explains why, for so long, the left has been the greatest apologist for the Cuban regime, the communist regime there. So what exactly is the public perception of the situation in Cuba for Americans, but also for Cubans? I know at universities we see uh, people wearing Che Guevara t-shirts all the time, and I would imagine most people don't even know who he is. They just wear it because it's uh, revolutionary. Uh, but who was Che Guevara, and what's the public perception of the situation in Cuba? Yeah, Che Guevara, he was, a, he was basically a um, uh, he was an Argentine communist who was almost like a Taliban of communism, you know, in, in the 1960s, went around trying to, trying to overthrow governments, um, was personally a murderer, had women and children executed, um, really just a, a, a cruel, uh, evil man. And people don't realize how evil he was. Well, people know how evil he was, but some people are just ignorant. But the situation in Cuba continues to be just as bad. There are people who flee the island until today. You know, a, a friend of mine... In, a friend of mine, Cuban, uh, Cuban-American, has said that his relatives in Cuba said, don't send money anymore because there's nothing to buy. You know, there's, there's no medicine or even food to buy. Send aspirin, send Tylenol, send, send basic medical supplies. You know, this, this is the same country that we're told by Bernie Sanders that, you know, has the best medical care in the world, right, or, or has, 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 the, has some of the best doctors, you know, in the world. They don't even have aspirin to be sold, you know, in, in shops. It's so, things are so bad there in Cuba. So it's, it's really, you know, a lot of Americans think, well, you know, it's over there and, you know, we're over here and we should try to take care of our problems, our problems, uh, you know, first. Well, uh, if you want to do, deal a major blow to the left here in the United States, fight to destroy the communist regime in Cuba. Mm. Uh, Mr. James Bascom is our guest. He is with Tradition, Family, and Property. Um, I want to ask about the church and her response to to these uh, protests, these this uprising in Cuba by the people wanting freedom from this regime. Um, I know His Holiness was coming out of the hospital, but he did make a statement seeming to suggest that uh, the church was close to the to the Cubans. And I know the, the the bishops, especially in America, I think they put out a statement also saying that they were in solidarity. But is this enough? Should there be more? What say you, Mr. James Bascom? Uh, I mean, it was definitely not enough. I mean, Pope Francis gave a statement that was very, very vague and very gen- very generic. But it should be much, much more. I mean, he should call for the end to the regime, call for the the uprising of the Cuban people against their oppressors, their true oppressors. You know, this is a uh, a pope who is always talking about oppressors, right, and always talking about uh, the oppressed all throughout the world. Well, if there's a people anywhere in the world, it, it, certainly in the Americas, that is oppressed, it's the Cuban people, mm. the Cuban people, and they need freedom. They need freedom, especially freedom for the church, because there is no freedom for the church. The church in Cuba is essentially a department of the government, controlled, spied upon, and and uh, and completely dominated by the communist regime, unable to preach anything that contradicts communist ideology. You know, imagine if your local priest had to report to the local KGB <laughs> agent, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to get his sermons and his 
what he's preaching approved. That's that's the reality in Cuba. So the the Vatican and the, the Catholic bishop, the, the the Catholic Church in the United States have to take a much much stronger. They really need to take a much stronger stance against the regime. Um, but that is that is at war with religion. Communism is atheistic, and it's at war with religion. And um, and it, it's we they have to, we we as Catholics in America must uh, take a stronger position as Catholics to uh, to want to destroy and overthrow the regime there. No, it seems like the, this mo- this moment, like why this moment? And over six decades, we're finally seeing the people rise up against communism. Now, I know that there were some contributing factors. I mean, the, the 2020 COVID worldwide lockdown seemed to take a major toll upon the people. Their sources of revenue there with tourism uh, died out, and it really put a hurt on those uh, on those left to try to you know make their way through all of that. And I've seen uh, footage of massive bread lines, no, not enough resources to go around. I think the people are just fed up with an economic and social structure that has always been incredibly oppressive and difficult, and they just seem to be ready for freedom. Um, how do you see this playing out, Mr. Bascom? Yeah, I think it, I think they just the, the Cuban people have reached a breaking point. You know, they reach a breaking point. They're so crushed by oppression, by by the the misery of communism, and they they know that their best hope for freedom is with God fearing Americans. Mm. And you know the the countries of Cuba and the United States have always been very close, we're geographically very close, and it's up to American Catholics and God fearing Americans to do something to help our Cuban brothers and sisters there on the island. Um, and if we, and I, and again, I, I, I really cannot emphasize this enough. If we don't, uh, do something to destroy this evil regime, we are going to find ourselves in America facing a similar situation sooner or later. Now, Cuban Americans uh, have, have marched on DC. They've, they went out in front of the white house and they tried to make their voices heard. Do you think that is going to be effective? I think the, the more, the, the louder and the more we demand of our government, um, if enough people get out there and demand that this action be taken, I think the United States government will have no choice but to do something. Um, but the key fact, the key is, is, is getting out there demanding um, that, we, that we do something. Uh, we have about three minutes left with uh, Mr. James Bascom with uh, the American Society for Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP, uh, about the campaign against communism in Cuba. And, you know, we're talking about we need to go out and do something, but what exactly can we do? Uh, most people are sitting uh, at home or driving in their cars, and what can we do to help our friends and family in Cuba? I know uh, my youth minister from when I was in high school, he would tell us about how his uh, family like, practically swam from Cuba to Florida and uh, talked to us about the evils in communism, of communism in, in Cuba, and that, was, that really affected me and, and set me uh, straight with uh, what's going on in Cuba from an early age. But what can we do as Americans? Well, the first thing we can do is pray, pray and offer our sacrifices for uh, the Cuban people and for the overthrow of the regime. That's the first and most important thing we can do: to pray the rosary um, and to uh, offer up all of our sacrifices and prayers for that intention. The second is to sign our petition, uh, tfp.org/freecuba. We have almost sixty thousand signatures there. We're hoping to get a hundred thousand, and we're going to present those signatures at the White House. Um, 
uh, when, when, um, uh, pretty soon. Um, and, uh, then we can, third, we can contact our, our elected officials, our congressmen and demand action on Cuba. The more pressure we can put to our elected officials, the more likely it's things are actually going to happen. Um, and fourth, we can often join local protests in many big cities in Houston, in New Orleans, in Washington, in New York. There have been large protests of not just Cuban-Americans, but Venezuelan-Americans, Colombian-Americans, all these different uh, peoples that have come from regimes or countries where socialism has, uh, has taken root. And we, they know very well that... Um, that you know, this is what leads. That, this is where communism leads, and they and, and they've all told me something I've heard many times. If America falls into socialism or communism, there's no place left to go. Wow. You know, there's no there's there's no place left to go. Where will we go if America goes down that road? Yeah, so let that sink in. Here we are out of time, though. Uh, Trish Family Properties, James Bascom. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Let's pray for Cuba. Let's pray for freedom. Let's pray for America to wake up. But we're going to go and to a break. Thank you for joining us for this first hour of Catholic Drive Time. We're very grateful to you. If you are able to and can join us in the second hour, our game show prize this week is kind of cool. Motherboards. You have a kid who likes to skateboard? This prize sponsor is pretty cool. I'll tell you all about it in the next hour. Join us online. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous and that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be? Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans is saying absolutely without exception, no one is righteous or misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, it is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul, when he quotes from the psalm, Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin. 
a beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning, Guadalupe Radio Network and beyond. Praise be to God. You survived it. You made it through the weekend. I mean, maybe by the skin of your teeth, but you're back. Don't worry. You got the whole week ahead of you. Praise be to God. Just imagine what you will accomplish this week. God is so very good. Hey, good news. Uh, we It's all easy question Monday on the game show coming up at 15 past the hour. I'm looking at the questions right now. Um, uh, I, was, uh, I was outvoted. I no longer get to pick the questions, apparently, so... Uh, I can't be held responsible for them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you can, uh, you can, if you have complaints, you can write to Janelle and let her know. But uh, she picked all easy questions today. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning. The questions may be easy, but the, but the fake answers, I'd say, may be a little <laughs> bit more tricky today. Who knows? We'll see. Hashtag wrong answers go off. Crazy <laughs> directions. Um, but no, it's going to be a fun show today. And our, our sponsor this week is Motherboards. Yes. Now, I... I was I, I was huge into skateboarding as a kid. I loved skateboarding. I had a Mark Gonzalez. I had uh, my favorite was the Tony Hawk though. I also had a Mullen, but my Tony Hawk post Bonite era was the best skateboard ever. It was so amazing. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Took it to Europe with me, skateboarded in Germany. Loved it. It was amazing. That's great. I have uh, no idea what any of those words mean. Pal and Peralta? You're not familiar <laughs> no, with the, no. the Bone Squad? No? no? Bone Squad? No? You don't? No. Oh. My brother is into skateboarding, though. Uh, so when I told him that we would have motherboards as a sponsor, he was super excited. He was like, why? I hope I can. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, these have incredible designs. Uh, the, as the, uh, Our Lady, St. Michael. Yes. There's just some beautiful designs. So if you have a child that's into skateboarding, this could be the week to play the game. This could be the week to play the game. So 15 past the hour, we'll give out the phone number. Uh, if you'd like to try an attempt to get in on the prize pack this week, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, thank you to Motherboards for being a sponsor, prize sponsor this week. If you want and you want to like give yourself a distinct advantage, the phone number, the rules, everything is posted to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Did you ever skateboard? No, I didn't. I wish I did, though. I always wanted to learn. Uh, so if if Motherboards wants to, you know, come down to Houston and teach me how to skateboard, that'd be super cool. But I would love, I would love to learn how to skateboard. I always thought it was the coolest thing. I used to play the Tony Hawk uh, skateboarding oh, yeah. game and um, used to watch all those. Yeah, it was always super cool. But you know, I never did. So unfortunately, not. I am not a skateboarder. Now, back in my day. 
I hate saying that, but it's true. Back in my day, in the 20s. we didn't have like skateboard parks everywhere in South Texas, um, South and Central Texas. So I, we would skate in like ditches, concrete ditches until like the neighbors would throw us out <laughs> and they would, they would try to prevent us from coming back. So we were kind of all over the place. Today you walk, you go around and there are skateboard parks everywhere now. It's like you kids have no idea how good you have it. Uh, uh, and give God praise for the opportunity to uh, have these beautiful skateboard parks that your parents could never enjoy. But at any rate, uh, praise be to God. We're going to have a great game show coming up at 15 past the hour. Good news stories with Janelle, of course. And then uh, we have a uh, gospel and a saint of the day. All that headed your way. In the second half of the hour, we will do a truncated uh, after show because Adrian double dips every Monday and he produces Bree Dale's program at the top of the next hour. So we, we cut it short just a little bit to give Adrian an opportunity to turn around and, and put on his Bree Dale cap. And uh, so that's going to be an uh, interesting conversation in the after show. But you still get to drive it. So stick around. Oh, by the way, real quick, there is an indulgent today, indulgence today that's available. You have to go to a church. I think you have to pray. Was it the Creed, the Our Father? And what else was it? You have to pray for the Pope's intentions. And then you, and of course, you have to be, you know, uh, totally free from all mortal sin and disconnected from all venial sin at the same time. So there's that. But uh, a plenary indulgence nonetheless. Let's pray for your intentions and dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the good news with Janelle Lay. Here's something interesting from the Epic Times. According to a study, most recovered COVID-19 patients have broad, robust immunity that likely provides some protection against variants. Hmm. In pro-life news, 539,108 pro-life people signed legal brief telling Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. And here's another article from Life News, and this time is on another pro-life victory. Planned Parenthood abortion business closes Nebraska office because it can't get enough support. Praise be to God. Here's a headline from Church Militant. Knights fundraising for church. Over 20,000 raised to replace vandalized statues. If you would like to help their cause, you can find their GoFundMe. Help OLM replace vandalized statues of Mary. That's help OLM replace vandalized statues of Mary. I'll be posting the link in the social media streams. And lastly, to wrap up the good news for the day, here's a great story from Life News. 20-week-year-old premature baby kept alive with bubble wrap is now a happy toddler. An extremely premature baby born only at 25 weeks and oh so fragile that he had to be placed in a bubble wrap to keep him safe and warm is now a happy, healthy one-year-old. Lorenz Carr was born on October 2019 at 25 weeks gestation, just one week after the legal abortion limit in the UK for babies without disabilities. It was a difficult birth, and at times his parents feared he would not survive. Medics first noticed a problem when his mom, Vicky Carr, had a routine 20-week scan and was discovered that her son wasn't growing. 
Only a week later after Vicky returned with a headache, she was told that she would have to stay in the hospital and that her son might be born early. Things got worse when, during her 25th week of pregnancy, doctors realized that Pl Vicky's placenta was failing, and she was rushed for an emergency cesarean section. Baby Lorenz only weighed 13 ounces when he was born, and his mom said he was the same size as my hand and was so transparent. Lorenz was initially placed in a sandwich bag that acted as an imitation of his mother's womb. After being placed in an incubator, he was then covered in bubble wrap. He spent the next five months in the incubator before he was well enough to be sent home. His mom said it was just amazing that nothing was wrong with him and he's come home healthy and thriving. His dad, Rohan, added, When I first saw Lawrence, I was so scared and worried about what the outcome would be. I'd never seen a baby so small. We were just so happy he was alive and to see how he thrives now is amazing. He is our little miracle. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lake. God love you and have a good Monday. The saint of the day is Pope St. Stephen I, and he was born in the late 2nd century, or 3rd. He was the son of Jovius. Little else is known about his early life. He, was a, he became an archdeacon under Pope Lucius I. He was elected the 23rd Pope in 254 and was explicitly proclaimed the primacy of the Diocese of Rome in matters of theology. And the current understanding of the church's statement to St. Peter, quote, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He condemned the Carthaginian practice of re-baptizing heretics and accepted baptisms performed by heretics when the convert had acted in good faith. He corrected St. Cyprian's thinking on the matter and ordered that there be a special clothing, or what we call vestments, for use in the liturgy, that no priest could conduct Mass in the street in street clothing, and they also were not allowed to wear their vestments into the streets. It is, he is often listed as a martyr in old records, but modern scholarships is not quite sure about that. He died in the 2nd of August, 257, allegedly of natural causes. He was buried in the papal crypt of Callistus on the Appian Way. Pope St. Stephen I, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already late. Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. He said to them, There is no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Five loaves and two fish are all we have here. Then he said, Bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up the fragments left over, twelve wicker baskets full. Those who ate were about five thousand men, not counting women and children. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Twelve wicker baskets full, one for each of the apostles. I love that connection. In the last hour, I, I talked about all the things that our Lord has given to the apostles to make them intermediaries between us, the faithful, and he, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's his design, his intention, his purpose. But real quick, I want to mention Hadock's commentary here about sharing versus multiplying. Hadock said this, Hadock said this, it cannot be said, as some pretend, that other loaves were invisibly put into the apostles' hands, since it is said that they filled 12 wicker baskets full of fragments of the five barley loaves. And again, he divided the two fish among them all. Now, I've been to a homily where the priest tried to preach that it was a miracle of sharing, that under all their 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 uh, clothing, they were hiding food somehow. And then when the Lord prompted them, everybody shared and it was a big feast. This is simply not in keeping with not only the gospel, but the tradition and the teaching of the early church fathers. Even Christendom doesn't uh, hold to this, but instead to the multiplication, the miracle of our Lord multiplying the, the loaves and the fishes. Adrian, what did you find? Amen. Absolutely. Uh, that's what was one of the things I wanted to focus on as well was the issue of trying to reinterpret scripture to not mean what it means. The idea here is that all the fathers of the church, all the saints understood this miracle to be a divine miracle explicitly showing the divinity of Christ because only God can create out of nothing. Only God can create out of nothing. So God took our Lord Jesus Christ, he took bread, broke it, and he created more bread and more fish. Cornelius Lapide actually makes the note here that not only did he make more fish, that he when he made it, it came out cooked like when he was, it was already, it was already cooked fish. They didn't eat it raw. They had fish there. And when he multiplied it, he had cooked fish. I was like, wow, that's Service interesting. with a smile. Right. Exactly. And the other point he made was that the bread, because he of his, of the divine institution, because of the words that our Lord spoke, that the bread acted as if he was, they were eating flesh. Um, by flesh, that doesn't mean like human flesh, by eating meat, by eating red meat. So the eating the bread for these people gave them such vigor that it was as if they were eating red meat when they all they had was bread. So it's a, that's another miracle part of this, miraculous part of this. Uh, Cornelius Lapide goes on to talk about that throughout the church history, this has happened over and over again, where we see that this miracle keeps taking place that our Lord continues this miracle. He gives the example of St. Dominic doing something similar, of St. Francis of Assisi doing this, uh, something similar, of uh, Pope Adrian II doing something similar. And very interesting to hear that our Lord continues this miracle. And so it is clear to us that this miracle was not a, what some people might call a natural miracle, uh, something of, oh, you know, inciting the spirit of sharing within someone. Instead, this is a divine, miraculous event that our Lord can do even today. Amen. Uh, and I think that's what we just take away from that. Even St. Chrysostom, as I said before, he's, he says, quote, he leads them out into the desert that the miracle might be clear of all suspicion, unquote. 
St. Christum, pray for us. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back, and we are going to play Fear and Trembling, our Catholic trivia game show, where we have a lot of fun and give out prizes at the end of the week, and uh, it's going to be a good time. If you would like an opportunity to try to play the game, you can call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anyone what I'm about to tell you. You got to keep the secret just between us, okay? But there are a few things we like to do during this game show, this trivia segment of our program. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God for that. Of course, we like to have a laugh, and our contestants tend to be a lot of fun, laughing right along with us, and we really enjoy that. And then, of course, we give out prizes which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved, right? Now, here's the deal, though. If you're just joining us and you're brand new to all of this, we have three Catholic trivia questions. We have a caller on the line, and we don't ask the caller these questions. They don't have to know in order to still win. 
kind of making it more fun. Instead, I will ask Janelle, or and I will also ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? You can win a skateboard from Motherboards. They are donating us a skateboard as a prize and with a special Sacred wow. Heart design on the on the bottom, um, I don't know skateboards. Uh, <laughs> the graphic side. Gra- on the graphic you, side. You got, you, you got grip paper on top so okay. that you don't fall off. Mm-hmm. And then underneath comes the graphics that yes. you will destroy in the process of skateboarding. But <laughs> that whatever. Is correct. It's still beautiful. And they have really cool wheels. They call them the BVM wheels, standing for the Blessed Virgin ah, Mary wheels. I see where they're going with yeah. that. They're supposed nice. to be like super high quality. And they have a lot of other cool, great products on their store. If you could go to Love Your Motherboard. Dot com. That's loveyourmotherboard.com. Um, and you can also find them on social media. It's run uh, conceived in the Denver area. Um, and it's a great. I've heard like nothing but like great stuff about them. Apparently, they've had like Father Mark Goring nice. also <laughs> take um, um, purchase some of their skateboards. I know uh, my brother has a friend who has um something from motherboards and he's like he really likes it and Wonderful. it's really great Praise so be to thanks god. be well, to god thank you motherboard for sponsoring our program today if you have tried to call in and be a part of the be the contestant today and you do not get in call back tomorrow morning you can call early if you'd like uh, but you'll have another chance tomorrow and the rest of this week we give out the prize on friday let's go to the phones uh sienna good morning to you thanks for calling in today good morning thank you praise be to god now this is a special day for you is it not sienna Yes. Is it your birthday? Yes. And how, how old are you today there, Sienna? Nine. Nine. Praise be to God. Happy birthday, Sienna. Praise be to God. Are you guys doing anything special, like skydiving or shark diving or cliff jumping? Like, what, what do you do for your ninth birthday? Going to the Four Corners. The Four Corners? Is, that's over, like, in Arizona or something, right? Yeah. Praise be to God, that's super fun. Congratulations. I, I'm excited for you guys. Now, Sienna, we know you're, an, you're a veteran of Catholic Drive Time. We know you know the rules. Are, are you prepared to play the game? Yeah. Who do you think's trickier, Janelle or Adrian? Janelle. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, here we go. Janelle, we will start with you, as is our custom. Yes, Janelle, sir. the tricky, are you ready? I am ready. Uh, are you sure? I am ready to be tricky. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Okay. Janelle, can you tell me who is the patron saint of Mexico? Of Mexico? Yes. The patron saint of Mexico. That is none other than Our Lady of Guadalupe. Hmm. Okay. Yes. I like that. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say, though. Adrian, can you tell me, who is the patron saint of Mexico? The patron saint of Mexico. Hmm. You would think I would know this, right? Uh, I was going to say, uh, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Hmm. Well, if I had to put a guess out there, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think I'm going to go with Jose Sanchez del Rio. Jose Sanchez del Rio. Mm-hmm. Excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it right? That's the question. No idea. Okay. <laughs> so Adrian is on the hook for St. Jose Sanchez del Rio uh, versus Janelle is on the hook for 
Our Lady of Guadalupe. Question is, who is the uh, patron saint of Mexico? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? Jill. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You wow. got it. She got it. You were a little quick on that button there, Adrian. I, you were trying wow. to trick her. I can't let you do that. Oh, come on. Yeah, congratulations, Sienna. You are, in fact, correct. Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patron saint of Mexico. May she, may she intercede for Mexico today in a mighty Amen. way. Amen. And and all the you're Americas. in the cup, Sienna. Congratulations. Do you skateboard, by the way? No. Do, do your siblings skateboard? No. Well, may- that's a perfect time to learn. <laughs> if you win, <laughs> you might get to learn. How cool would that be? It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, well, let's go to the question number two. Uh, Adrian, we'll go with you this time. Ooh, scary. Adrian, can you tell me, who is the usual minister of confirmation? The, the usual normal minister. Yeah. Okay. The minister, well, the one who confirmed me was my bishop, uh-huh. and uh, I'm going to say that most of the time, it should be your bishop who confirms you. So your answer is the bishop. Si, senor. Okay. 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 Right. Hmm. Yeah. Janelle, uh, can you tell me? Who is the usual minister of confirmation? The usual minister of confirmation, that would be your parochial vicar. Wow, that sounds very fancy. Yes. Very formal. Yes. The parochial vicar. Hmm. All right. Sounds uh, like pierogi. You're hungry. You're making me hungry now. All right, Sienna, here's the deal. Uh, Janelle is on the hook for a parochial vicar as the usual minister of confirmation, whereas Adrian says it ought to be the bishop. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? Adrian. Survey says. Yeah. Got it. Ooh, she wasn't easy, easy, by the easy. fancy language. Uh, now, the bishop is the normal, ordinary uh a minister of confirmation, uh, but sometimes he gives permission to priests to do it. Yes, See, that is yes. correct. So it's possible. It's possible. But Bishop was the correct answer. Sienna, you're in for two. How do you feel? Good. Praise be to God. You ready for three? Yes. You ready to make this a, a perfect score today, Sienna? Yes. All right, we're going to go back to Janelle the Tricky. Uh, Janelle, Uh-oh. can you tell me, what is the term... For a major military expedition undertaken for an exalted purpose, promoted and partially financed by the Pope. Sounds very fancy. Um, partially financed by the Pope, major military expedition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Papal Party. The Papal yes. Party. Are they running for office in the United States? <laughs> <laughs> They're right. running for something. Okay, let's see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say over here. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term for a major military expedition undertaken for an exalted purpose, mm-hmm. promoted and partially funded by the Pope? Yes, that would be one of my favorite things, and that would be a crusade. A crusade. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sienna, here's the deal. Adrian says it's a crusade, whereas Janelle says it's a papal party. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? I've never heard Janelle's answer, so Adrian. (laughs) 
Easy peasy. <laughs> Crusades. J- Janelle the Tricky could not trick you today, Sienna. Days perfect score on your birthday. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. Thank you. Praise be to God, yeah, Sienna. Crusades are awesome. Yeah, this uh, this crusade is uh, brought to you in part by the Pope. That's a true story, uh, but it, he wasn't the only one. He often asked uh, monarchs all across Europe to help to fund the crusade. And, and Bernard of Clairvaux preached yeah. the crusades. Yes, yeah, true story. So everybody pitched in when it came to that. Soldiers, knights, rich, the poor, everybody in between went to the rescue of pilgrims in the Holy Land against uh, the Muslims there. But uh, three chances. You're in the cup. Sienna, you could possibly win a pretty cool skateboard. Will you, if you win, if it be God's will, will you take up skateboarding, Sienna? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to have to take a picture or take a video and send it to us of you on the skateboard. If it's God's she will, has to do a, a triple backflip. Yeah, so, yeah. Something like that. An Ollie kickflip is what I'm looking for. Something <laughs> something cool like that. But uh, God God bless you, Sienna. We're very grateful for you. Happy birthday to you. Hopefully, you'll have a great day on the Four Corners. Send us pics if you can. And we're going to put you on hold just to make sure we get your number. But God love you and God bless you, Sienna. Thank you. Happy birthday to you, Sienna. Praise be to God. And that is going to do it for the radio side of our program. That was a lot of fun. Sienna, it's always good to talk to her and the Burrier family. A longtime CDT insiders. Uh, we're very grateful. If you would like an opportunity to possibly win the skateboard from Motherboard tomorrow, well, tune in. Be sure to be our first caller. The phone number, the rules, everything is on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you can join us for a brief after show on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or even our website, join us. Conversate with us. We'd love to talk to you at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. Fulton Sheen is the guest tomorrow. Uh, not really, but he is the subject. Alan Smith is the guest. All about Fulton Sheen coming up tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. And I have no control to stop it either because he did it on his end. Welcome to the After Show where we conversate a little bit more casually about whatever it is you want. But it's Monday, so which means our show is is going to be truncated. The After Show is is shorter and sweeter uh, because Adrian has work to do at the top of the hour with Bree Dale and he's got to get ready for that. So we will be uh, talking for just a few minutes. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Colin. Good morning to you, 93. Good morning to you, Mike K. Praise be to God. It's good to see you guys. Mr. Thomas Anderson, good morning to you. Uh, Good to see you. William Hemsworth, praise be to God. It's good to uh, have you on the team today. And thanks again for having me on your show. You should. We talked all about St. Ignatius of Antioch, one of my favorite early fathers, probably the favorite uh, of the early church fathers. And uh, you can catch that conversation on William Hemsworth's 
uh, the Bible Catholic uh, show on YouTube. Check that out. I would be grateful to you. Um, good morning to you, St. Teresa of Avila. Anna's hanging out in the studio. Hey, good morning. You're feeling better now? Yes, I am. Praise be to God. Good to see you back. Uh, let's see. Who else is here? Let's see. Monica Cortez, good morning to you. Got your email, by the way. Praise be to Jesus. We're praying for your situation. Uh, the Burrier family was on, of course. Alan Smith was on earlier. I'm not sure if he's still here. Tammy, good morning to you. Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Who's on Facebook? Uh, lots of people. Are we still having the Facebook problem? I didn't check. Uh, Don is on. Lori. Um, Josh. Buddy is on, but he said he's late. What? He slept in. Sorry, buddy. Uh, uh, Marine. A different Lori. Marine? Lori Fallendorf. Fallendorf? Lori Fallendorf. Lori. Uh, is on. Uh, Joaquin Gloria. Is Lori a brand new listener? Uh, maybe. I think so. Jesus, Patty, and uh, I think I got everybody. But yes, I maybe. She might be. Let's, uh, Let's see. Yeah. Hmm. Um, might as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, praise be to God. Good morning to you. All right, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us today. We love our first time listeners. Lori said, "May not be on tomorrow. Pray all goes well for me." We'll Absolutely. be praying. We'll be praying for we you. We will be praying. Uh, Lori said, "I'm so scared about this, Joe. I pray that we will not be forced to get the vaccine. The government is trying to make us a socialist, communist country, and the hierarchy isn't going to stand behind who is." Yeah, I know it's a troubling issue. Do you see those pictures? Uh, of the uh, the frontline workers with signs that said, we worked all through the pandemic in 2020 with no vaccine, and now you're going to fire us? Like, let that sink in for a moment. They put their lives out there in a time where nobody knew what was going on. They weren't sure of the severity of it all, and still they showed up to work to help other people with no vaccine. And now, all of a sudden, if they don't get the vaccine, they're going to be fired. That seems, makes little, very little sense. Yeah, Lori. It's uh, very troubling times we live in, for sure. Sure. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Don says his son was big into skateboarding. We even built a half pipe. What? That's crazy. Don, that is amazing. Uh, I, I, ha- I think I had a friend of a friend who had a half pipe in his backyard, and I thought it was nuts. I thought it was crazy. Uh, Eight-foot platform on each side uh, to drop in. Yeah, praise be to God. Boy, those were the days. Skateboarding all summer Jeff long. Jeff Furrier, will you play Jesus is a friend of mine for my birthday, please, no. Sienna? Oh, Sienna wants oh, it. Oh, well. Jesus Sienna. is a friend of mine. Just for you. In that case, yeah. you know, Mr. Thomas made a great a comment earlier. He said that we should, uh, he said he had a guest suggestion. Let me see if I can find it. It was an, they probably the best guest suggestion we've ever received on CDT, to be completely uh, honest. A doubtful. Uh, I am, I'm certain of it. No way. It's not possible. I'm telling Sorry. you. I'm telling no, you. No. He said, uh, let's see. Adrian, I have the perfect guest. Please invite Sal Policetti to the show. The vocalist from the group Sunseed. Jesus is my friend. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking about it, and he's right. That would be an amazing guest. That we could just play Jesus is my friend and of mine uh, over and over again, just the entire interview, and just have it playing while we're talking to him. Terrible. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sienna. Yeah, happy birthday, Sienna. Happy birthday, Hopefully Sienna. Hopefully you have a great day. Hopefully you have a great day. Now, what time do we have to She's get off here? to the Four Corners. And have a good day. Six minutes. I've never been to the Four Corners. 
I'd love to go there. I've flown over it, of course, but never been there to that one spot where you're in four states at the same time. That's uh, Ohio, Kansas. I've been doing the chaplet to the Holy Face. I've been doing the chaplet to the Holy Face. I got started on that, but that was by Sister uh, St. Marie St. Pierre. Yeah. And that is for the defeat of communism, so. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, We have uh, an image of the Holy Face in our house as well. Uh, we are not. We haven't been so devoted to the uh, devotion, but um, maybe we ought to be. Yeah, maybe we ought to be. Mr. Thomas Anderson, we love you, brother. But I, I got to say, I disagree with your take on uh, mandatory vaccinations, uh, especially for a, 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 dis- a virus, a disease, a situation that 99.6 percent of human beings who contracted survive it. I've had it twice, uh, survived it just fine. No medical treatment. Um, is it inconvenient? Yes. I can assure you it definitely is inconvenient, but it is, uh, it is definitely something we can all survive. And it, there's, a, there's a, a disproportionate response, it's, it would seem, to this versus other situations, uh, other health situations. Even the, uh, even the, uh, the flu, for instance, is uh, the response to the flu is disproportionate to the, this response, and the flu has taken many lives. So it's, it's a very concerning situation, to be sure, but mandating, forcing humans to do something that uh, would be against their conscience would be a problem, uh, no matter how you look at it. Uh, what are we laughing about now? I was, I was coughing. Wait, that was a cough? Mm-hmm. I was laughing. Oh, I coughed. Well, I was somebody's in, laughing, know. somebody's coughing. I'm confused. Colin, uh, Mac, Mac, okay, Colin on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. He's replying to, uh, I remember the old BMX almost broke my neck on a quarter pipe. Retired after that. Yeah, I got to tell you, the first time I ever saw BMXers doing half pipes, I thought, that is the most insane thing I have ever seen. Well, see, I was doing it out of a ditch. So I used to do it on my bike out of a ditch. Oh, wow. So that yeah, was just like, but I never I never caught on to skateboarding. Ooh. I can do just about anything yeah. else. But I got on the skateboard, and I have incredible balance, but I cannot do the skate. I never got into it because I, I couldn't do it. I loved my skateboards. I was big into skateboarding. I loved my Mark Gonzalez skateboard. I loved my Guerrero skateboard. But it was the Tony Hawk, I think, that... Uh, Again, oh, post yeah. Bonite era. So all old people should know who are into skateboarding should know what I mean here. Mm-hmm. There was a period where Paolo Peralta, which was like the number one name in skateboarding, you would put this material they called Bonite. It was like, it kind of reminded me of like uh, tar paper that they put on roofs uh, underneath shingles. They kind of put that sandwiched in between the layers. And the idea was it made the it's kind of like a shatterproof glass like you can bang on the glass but it wouldn't shatter that was the idea was to keep the board from breaking into two if you if you you know really were abusive but back in our day but the skateboards were big people hated them so they'd stop buying them so they went they took that out so it was the very first version of the tony hawk mm-hmm. post bonite that i i got as a christmas present which was amazing and um love that skateboard i took it to europe it was just so incredible the shape of it you know, and yeah, they were they were bigger, but now there was like a there's been a trend of uh, like uh, well, I the longboards, mm-hmm. like yeah. like that that's, that's kind yeah. of been a trend. That's been a trend lately. Ma- massive longboards. I never got into that. Um, and then of course um, now like the boards are all kind of the same shape. They're all kind of long ovals, you know, mm-hmm. elongated ovals. Unlike in in our day, back in my day. 
uh, where the boards had had uh, more unique shapes. The tails were massively exaggerated. Nose, the nose was really exaggerated, concave. I mean, it was just. They still have those. Do they? Yeah. Well, see, I haven't skateboarded. They in decades. came back. Yeah. Uh, they oh, never wow. went away. I don't think. Uh, they did. Uh, my sister had one, um, and they have a. Uh, they have the whole new. They have like new boards too, like the the new long boards and all that jazz. Uh, but I don't think I don't. No, I don't think they ever went away. I think uh, ripsticks are also kind of po- popular too. Mm-hmm. Ripsticks. Ripsticks. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, Ninety three says I cannot ride in bowls or half pipes. But on a track with jumps, yes. I was always into street skating anyway. I loved, I loved right. uh, street skating, street street tricks, you know that kind of thing. That was my favorite. And the ditch, I liked skating the ditch too. Always a good time. But that was like the eighties. <laughs> With no helmets. Oh, no. yeah. I, we couldn't afford and, and the no helmets or the pads. Or elbow pads. We couldn't afford any of that. So I, I had plenty of head injuries as a result. But God's will be done. I am still here. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Alan Smith is to be our guest. Fulton Sheen is the conversation. All that coming up tomorrow. Do us a favor. Smash the share button, the like, and uh, thank you for being a part of the CDT Insider Crew. God love you and God bless you. We'll see you then. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Good morning. Can you hear me? Wonderful. Horrible echo. Well, as often as he plays it, we probably do.
women have developed this costume where like you can carry a bunch of like different miscellaneous objects in one hand. That didn't sound good. No. He logged in earlier during the show, like uh, 30 minutes ago, or more, 40 minutes ago. Yes.
espacio.
Did you did you want the sound from the uh, video you sent me? Yes, the introduction video is that has sound in it. No, I didn't hear anything. That sounds horrible. You don't, you don't hear this sound right here? Why do I hear that? No. You might need to tell him I don't even I don't even know where is he calling from? Well, how is he couldn't getting connected? No, no, no. Where is he coming from? Where is he at? Virginia? In the States? Uh, you might need to tell him to call in because we're ha I'm having an issue with the Zoom computer so he can... 
uh, talk. I mean, he can show his face via Zoom, but we're having issues with sound. No, that's what I'm saying. He needs to call in. He can stay on so he can uh, so we can see him, but we're having issues right now. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. No. Mm -mm. Matt, can you hear it? Yeah, I got you clear. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, going uh, silent. 30 seconds to start. <laughs> 